This is Brother Metter, and I'm glad to be with you this week. And we've entered into a brand new year, and we don't know what 2019 is going to hold. I know a lot of people in the last two or three years have gone through a lot of trials and a lot of troubles. Uh, and they're looking for 2019 to be a greater year than what they've had before. And I believe it will be. I just feel so good about 2019, about the working of the Spirit of God. And God is moving by His Word and by His Spirit. Uh, and I want to thank God for all of you that have stood with us and supported us and listened in 2018. And we pray that there's going to be an increase to this broadcast. And uh, some of you may know that you can uh, go online and contact the station. And there's a way that you can download uh, the uh, app or whatever it is that they have for this station and that you can listen to this broadcast on your cell phone anywhere that you might be that you can get an internet signal so you don't have to miss the broadcast. And I would appreciate you spreading this word that people anywhere in the world, if they can get the internet and uh, download this app or this link to the radio station, that they can hear our broadcast all over the world at this time. It has to be at this time that the radio station's broadcasting. But they can uh, tune in to the radio station uh, at the time of the broadcast here and that they can listen. And that is a great tool that God has opened up for His people. And we uh, we thank God for that. And we're praying that this broadcast, because we've got people that we're in contact with in India and Africa uh, and different places. We've ministered in India. We've ministered in the Philippines. We've ministered in Central and South America and across Canada. Uh, we've had great missionary crusades in many places and great revivals and seen great deliverance. And many, I mean thousands, come to the Lord, especially in India. It was nothing to be in those uh, countries and draw thirty, forty, fifty thousand, and have uh, give an altar call and see thousands stand on their feet and come and accept Jesus, and then God opened blind eyes and uh, unstopped deaf ears and loose dumb tongues and heal the lame and work all manner of miracles. And I believe we are at the door of seeing this move break through in our nation because I know the Lord told me in November of 2017 that. There was a great and effectual door opening to the Gentiles in this nation. And we haven't seen it open like we would like to. We haven't seen it come forth like we want to see God move and like we want to see the hand of the Lord reveal itself. But I know it's God's mind and God's spirit and things are working in that realm. And we're seeing great success in our uh, Bible studies and home prayer meetings and we want to encourage you to uh, keep praying with us and writing us and encouraging us and sending this word forth. There's a great working of God's Spirit. And I know those that will submit themselves this day and this time unto the Lord, there will be a great visitation of God's Word and Spirit in your life. This is going to be such a great year of power and deliverance, and God revealing Himself that my heart is so excited. But I want to uh, go, if I can, and pick up where I left off last week, 
how that God was dealing with me, uh, how that Samuel grew. And that's what it says in 19, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Where can you find a man of God or a vessel of God that is in touch with God and walks with God? Go back. Read your Old Testament, children. God talks to people. People would pray and ask God things. Not everybody, but vessels that God chose. They would talk to Him and God would speak to them. Well, we've come to a different generation when Jesus came and He uh, was crucified. And he resurrected. Then the Bible says he tore down that middle wall of partition. He tore down that veil that divided us from the presence and the Spirit of God. We no longer have to go through a high priest to get our sins forgiven. Or, you know, we don't have to take an offering to a priest per se because Jesus Christ is our high priest. And we can go to prayer. We can seek God. I asked the Lord one time, and I don't can't tell you when, but I asked the Lord one time, I said, Father, I said, why did you say in your word in the book of Joel that you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh? And he said, because in those days I chose individuals that I talked to and that I sent my word to. He said, it wasn't set in that day that everyone could come before me in prayer and everyone could come and cry out to me and seek my face. But I moved through the prophets and I moved through the priesthood and I moved, you know, uh, through chosen vessels and individuals. That's the way it was in the Old Testament. But when we came into the New Testament, and I believe it's in Matthew I believe it's in the 11th chapter where uh, Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God. And and he said that there has not been born a, a, a greater among women than John the Baptist, but yet he that is least in the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is greater than John. And he told us, he said, from John. Uh, up to or from the uh, up till now, from the beginning up till now, you had the law and the prophets. But from John the Baptist forward, he said the kingdom of heaven. In other words, he said it's revealed, it's brought to you. And he said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And that kingdom reveals. The power, the authority, the dominion, and the very indwelling of the Christ that wants to live in his people. I have heard it so much till I'm sick that everything that God's people going to get, they're going to get it in heaven. Children of God, you're not going to need power and authority and dominion and the glory of God revealed to you in heaven. You need it down here on this earth. There will be no glory revealed in you in heaven. Don't let anybody tell you that. Because the Lord himself will be the glory and the light of heaven. But Paul said in Romans the 8th chapter, he said the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Well, what was Paul saying? If there's not going to be any glory 
revealed in us in heaven, then there's got to be the glory of God to magnify His holy child Jesus on this earth. And when signs and wonders and miracles are wrought through vessels that had submitted themselves to prayer and seeking God, when the very nature and mind and characteristics of the resurrected living Christ begin to take their abode in us and it begins to radiate out of us and we can begin to experience what Paul wrote in Philippians 2 and 5 when he said, Let this mind which was in Christ Jesus be also in you. Let it be revealed. Let it come forth. Let it speak. Let it manifest. What he wrote in Galatians 2 and 20, that the life, Paul said that the life that I now live in the flesh, I live, yes, but it is Christ that liveth in me. In other words, Paul said, yes, I'm alive. I'm a living vessel, but I have so yielded myself over and I have so crucified my flesh I am dead to the world and the world is dead to me that the way I live now it is by the leadership and the unction of the Holy Ghost for it is the Christ that liveth in me he orders my steps he directs my paths he talks to me and leads me by his spirit we've got to see a restoring of the ministry we've got to see a restoring because when Jesus said in that Matthew 11 that the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force he said the law and the prophets spoke all the way up to John but from John forward the kingdom of heaven is revealed I believe it's in Luke 16 and 16 and he said the kingdom of heaven is revealed and every man presses his way into it what is he talking Talking about when he said in Mark the ninth chapter when he took aside Peter and James and John and he said there be some of you standing here that shall not taste death until the kingdom of heaven has been revealed on the day of Pentecost the Spirit a earnest a measure of that resurrected Christ was poured out and came down and took its abode in them hundred and twenty. In that upper room, those 120 was not the lay members of the church. They were the ministers. They were the vessels. They were the ones that fulfilled what Paul taught in 1 Corinthians 12, starting from verse 4 to the end of the chapter where it says in verse 12, I'm sorry, in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 28, for God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after this miracles, and gifts of healings, and helps and governments, and diversities of tongues. And Paul went on and explained this, and explained that these gifts were set there for ministry. The church was not formed until later that day when Peter stood up and preached and commanded to be baptized in water for the remission of sin. And it says about 3,000 that they were added unto them. There was your church. There was your lay members. There was your body. Those 120 were put in place by the gifts, the anointing, the indwelling of the resurrected Christ. They were put in place to be able to minister to those 3,000. 
because it didn't stop there. If you go on and read the book of Acts, you go to the the end of that second chapter, and I believe it says something to the effect of great grace was upon them all, and there was added to the church daily such as should be saved. Why was there added to the church daily? Because they had a church that was alive. They had a church that was full of faith, full of power. The gifts of God were operating. And if you go to Acts 13 and you read the first verse and it says that it was at the church in Antioch. And it talks about teachers and prophets and great men of God and vessels that God uses in the church in Antioch. And at that time, Paul and Barnabas were there, which were apostles. And uh, the Lord began to deal with me probably a year, maybe in a year and a half ago when he began to open what happened on the day of Pentecost. To my understanding, and he said at the church at Antioch, they just did not have service one or two days a week. He said, but they were constantly in prayer. They were constantly ministering and teaching. He said in different parts in the church all the time. He said there was prayer. There was teaching. There was edifying. There was instruction. There was prophecies. He said my spirit was working and moving all the time because people were seeking me all the time. And you stop and you look around and you drive down the road and you see these immaculate structures that have cost millions and millions and millions of dollars. And it doesn't matter about that. But I'm saying these structures, they sit for days on end. They sit for hours every day. You know, in that time, they done most of their worship during the day because they didn't. They had to burn torches for light at night and heat. And I don't know, you know, what uh, what kind of weather. I, I, I'm sure they had some cold weather there and they had to have heat. But they did a lot of their ministering in the daytime. But we have gotten things so out of order that structures that cost millions and millions of dollars and probably cost several hundred dollars a, a, a month to heat and light. And they sat for days on end with nobody praying, nobody studying Nothing going on, and they've got rooms and classrooms and sanctuaries and meeting halls of all different sizes and shapes. And I don't care if you're in a little uh, clapboard church or storefront church, why would we not? Why would somebody not be coming together? Coming together on a daily basis and seeking God. Just come together in prayer. Come together in seeking God. I will be so glad when God moves us into a place that we can be close to our church there in Elijah. I don't know why God has held us back. You know, we pastored 15 years in uh, Alabama, and we tried, and we rode up and down the roads, and we prayed, and we sought God to get settled there, that we could be near the church, but it was a three-hour drive every time. That I went to the church in Alabama and it's two to three hours every time I drive from uh, here to LJ. And I don't know why God has restricted my hand, but I feel like we're coming to that place that God wants to visit his people and wants to have something going on in the church at all times, whether it's prayer, whether it's study whether it's the Spirit of God moving in preaching, teaching, instruction, prophecy, 
I mean, my goodness, look at the money that's being spent to heat and cool these buildings on a daily basis. And some, they have a mortgage. Some, they pay rent. And all this is being spent. Uh, if you figure, what, three services a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, uh, you figure three hours at the most, uh, probably a service from beginning to end. So that is uh, three, that is six, that is nine, let's say ten hours a week that thousands of dollars are being spent for people to come together. Ten hours a week, something is out of order, something is out of balance. And that's why God spoke to me in 2017. There is a prophecy on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can go to our uh, website which is mansentfromgod.org, and it will connect you to uh, our YouTube channel, or you can go to YouTube and type in World Revivals Incorporated, and it will take you to our videos. And there is a video there. I believe it's from the 18th of August, 2017, when the Spirit of the Lord fell on me in prophecy right here in our home. The Lord told me to set up the camera that He was going to speak and it was our first time putting anything on YouTube. And it's on there if you want to go listen to it. But the Lord spoke then about uh, how we were worshiping. It wasn't pleasing to him. And we needed to change things. But people are stuck in ruts. They're stuck in doctrines and traditions. Let me tell you something. Somebody somewhere in your lifetime or your mom and daddy's lifetime or your grandma and granddaddy's lifetime had to uh, people had to learn how to have church. I do not believe uh, that if you go back through the years that people only come to church one or two days a week. We have done this for our convenience. Uh, we have done it to make it convenient for us. We have gotten so busy in life and so busy with the cares and the things of life that has come down to what Jesus said that the cares of life, that uh, all these things have choked the word and we bring forth no fruit to maturity. We bring forth no fruit to perfection. According to what he said in the parable of the sower, you can go to the Gospels and read it. I'm not sure if it's in Mark or Luke, but look it up. He said, because the cares of this life and all these things will get a hold of you and it will choke the word that there will bring forth you will bring forth no fruit to perfection or maturity or completeness. And he talked about in, in a place there about a 30 and 60 and a hundredfold. And children of God, we've got to begin to look at the way things are structured. There's nothing wrong with change as long as it's changed by the Spirit of God. But when you start suggesting people come to church at different times or different days or they come to church more or they come to church, you, you, you know, uh, at different hours, oh man, it stirs up such an upsetness and such a work in, in people's spirits. But this is the way we come to look at it. We have people in our church in LJ that can't come on Sunday. We have people that are homebound. We have people that are tied up with businesses. They can't come on Sunday. So this is why we have our home prayer meetings. We have one in LJ. We have another one in Blue Ridge. We have one in Cumming, Georgia. And God is opening more doors because there are people that cannot come to the house of God at that one service that we have every week.
And it's not their fault. It's how their life is structured right now. When you've got a business where your busiest time is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you've got to be there to take care of things, you should not be deprived of worship by the Spirit of God when you are homebound. Why should you just have to rely on a, a radio broadcast or a CD or a DVD from the service? That's why we take the Word of God into people's homes. That's why we pray and seek God and have God order our steps into people's homes and in people that have never been in our services or, or, or can't. A lot of people can't travel at night. A lot of people uh, can't drive at night anymore. So uh, they gather, you know, from the neighborhood and and come to these home prayer meetings and people that are hungry and thirsty and desiring a true move of God. So uh, it you don't have to limit your worship to the Lord to a certain time, just one day a week. God is opening. I'm telling you, God is opening this thing up. And if we follow the leadership of the Spirit of God, there's fixing to be things happening in the church. I saw it in the Spirit that something was going on in the churches in these last days, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, children. I'm telling you, God is moving by His Spirit. He's changing things. He's setting things in His divine order. And it is time for us to come aside and stand still and seek the Lord and find out what the mind and will of God is. I have people that I tell them all the time, I said, look, I don't care when I minister. If it's the mind of God, I'll preach at 2 o'clock in the morning. We have people that we're working with in Africa and different countries over there. Well, our uh, our service at 11 or 12 o'clock is is midnight or later in their country. Our services, you know, at night could be 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning for them. So for us to reach them and have a, a, a crowd gathered that we can reach them on YouTube or, or, or you know, something like that, or we can uh, live stream and gather people together over there. We have to minister at one thirty and 2 and 2.30 in the morning in I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see how you limit God uh, with what God wants to do. We have gotten so bound to doctrine and traditions and, and what we call worship and what we call times of worship. My God, let's tear these walls down and let's get into a time of seeking God and a time of prayer and study and relationship that God can reveal Himself, that we're not bound to just a few hours. We're not bound to 10 or 12 hours a week. But we can all these hours that are in a, 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 a day, what is it? We're awake uh, 10, 12, 16 hours a day. I think there's 24 hours in a day. So, uh, you know, we try to sleep 8 hours, so there's... 16 hours in a day, maybe 18, to worship God, to do things different. And I hope somebody out there is hearing me. Open your home. Get a Bible study. Get a prayer meeting. I'm not telling you to leave your church. You need to be in a home church. If you can go to church and God has put you in a church, you get yourself 
in that home church and you stay there under leadership. I'm not telling you to start a church, but there's nothing wrong with people gathering together in prayer and in studying the Word and in having fellowship and breaking bread. There's nothing wrong with this during the week. It is strengthening. It is encouraging. I'm not telling you to gather together and somebody stand up and start prophesying and try to establish a a ministry. I'm telling you to come together in prayer, in study, in seeking God. Get yourself settled. Get yourself strengthened. Get yourself established. And then when you go to the house of God... You've got something to take to the house of God besides discouragement, downheartedness, and upsetness. Uh, Prepare yourselves to go to the house of God. Prepare yourselves to be used of God. Prepare yourselves uh, to further the work and the word of the Lord along even further. It's time for God's people to go forward. God's people have sat still for so long and been through such a form and such a... Uh, uh, a bondage of doctrine and tradition that it's no wonder people aren't going to church. Church is supposed to be life. It's supposed to be healing, deliverance. Uh, It's supposed to be the manifestation and the working. Church should be a place for you to learn to minister the Word, learn to be used in the gifts, learn to be led of the Spirit while you sit under leadership. It's not just for a pastor to preach. It's time for the gifts, the anointings, the, the five offices, it's time for them to come forth. It's time for them to be revealed under leadership. And I believe God's going to reveal more about leadership and the administration of the church in 2019 than we've ever seen revealed. And it's time for God's people to begin to pray for something new, to open their hearts and minds for God to reveal himself and take us in a new direction in 2019. May God bless you. This is Brother Matter, and I believe that God is revealing Himself, and I believe we're going to see such a great change in 2019. And I want to see this word go forward, and I want to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to have you come visit us at our church in LJ. So if you take Highway 52 going toward Dawsonville, uh, you will come out Highway 52, and it's uh, it's two lanes, you know, out. Uh, of Ella J. I think it opens up a little bit right there by the uh, police station and you come on out. goes back to two lanes and right there where it starts opening up into four lanes again. The uh, Big Creek Road is there on your left. If you turn left, the Dollar General will be on your right hand side. You come out that road right at six, a little over six miles and there's a little white building there that has a sign, New Testament Church at Ella J. And so, uh, we are there on Sunday morning for one service only right now. I really believe that in, uh, 2019, things are going to be changing for the work of the Lord there in the LJ area. I believe that God is opening up new doors and breaking new ground. So, uh, but come be with us Sunday morning, 11 o'clock for those of you that pray. And believe in prayer. We usually start prayer at 10.30. Sometimes we have a worship service. Sometimes we have songs. Sometimes we don't. And sometimes I just open the Bible and we sit uh, and I teach. And I let people ask questions so they can learn. If you don't know what you believe, you need to, you need to find out what you believe. You need to ask questions. You need to learn. 
uh, what you believe, what doctrine you've come up under, and know that you're right, because we're entering into a day when you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, and whom the Lord is made free is free indeed. So let us hear from you. Write to us uh, in the name of World Revivals. If you want to send an offering, it is uh, a tax-deductible donation made to the name of World Revivals, W-O-R-L-D-R-E-V-I-V-A-L-S. The address is P.O. Box 1618. The city is Conyers, C-O-N-Y-E-R-S. State is Georgia, and the zip code is 30012. You can go to our website, which is mansentfromgod.org. And if you forget that, just remember the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 6. It says, and there was a man sent from God. God, give me this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Uh, mansentfromgod.org. Write us. Email us. Let us hear from you. Stand with us in prayer and seeking God. And God bless you. Till our next broadcast.